When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shop all things Cherry Johnson at therealcherry.com. This episode of Cherry's World Podcast is presented by Away Travel. Quite simply, Away makes everything you need for a trip away. Away started with the perfect suitcase and then built from there, creating a range of traveling standards developed from travel stories of friends and seatmates. Their pieces aren't smart, they're thoughtful with features that solve travel problems to give the world access to better traveling standards. Away took the direct-to-consumer approach by lowering prices, and the quality is guaranteed. Your Away suitcase will be with you for life. We teamed up with Away at Podgo to give you the best deals on premium luggages by going to podgo.co forward slash Away. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O forward slash A-W-A-Y. Away Travel, here to make your journey seamless. Welcome to Cherry's World. Hey, and welcome to Cherry's World Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cherry Johnson, and that is our other host, Mr. Courtney Blackman. Today, I'm Geeks Up, and let me explain to you why. My girl crush is here, y'all. Before Beyonce, this was my girl crush. She was my Beyonce. She is one of the founding members of the legendary group in Vogue. She was also a member of Lucy Pearl. That's right, Ms. Dawn Robinson is here today, coming to tell us all about what she got going on. She got a book coming out, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to buy two. <laughs> Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this episode. This is Cherry's World. There is an internet radio station that's generating a lot of buzz. The website is raisedjukebox.com. What's different is, is it features a mix of new and throwback jams across many genres. The first Sunday each month, there are live shows with celebrity and artist interviews. Log in to RaiseJukebox.com, press play, and turn the volume up. That's right, RaiseJukebox.com. Would you like to advertise on Cherry's World and have your product placed on Cherry's social media for the world to see? Email us now at cherriesworldpodcast at gmail.com for low introductory rates. Cherry's World Podcast. Get heard. Welcome to Cherry's World. much for being here today. I am excited. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sherry. No, it's amazing. Dawn, what you don't know, and I'm just going to come on out. I'm a fangirl, and I've had yeah. a crush on you since I was a very young little Oh girl. my gosh. Wow. Thank you so much. That's, that's very special. I appreciate it. Uh, that means a lot. Absolutely. You were my Beyonce. Wow. Wow. Got it. Thank you. you. Yeah. No. Wow. Thank you. A lot. <laughs> yes, in a time when I was, you know, looking at beautiful women on TV, it was like you were in this group full of glamorous, beautiful ladies. But I was like, that's who I want to be. Something about Don. When I grow up, wow, she, you ooze sex. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, without trying too hard, you know, you want it to be natural. You don't want to try to be sexy. 
you either got it or you don't. So thank you. I appreciate that big and time. You, you absolutely got it. And you've always, to me, have come off just completely confident and gorgeous. I grew up in a time in the <gasps> 90s when women were like this big. And I yes. was you know, I had these boobs and I didn't know what to do with them. So I was trying to hide them. Yes. And I had a little waist. I never had a booty. But you had that yes. glass shape, which made me feel oh my God. to go ahead and, you know, not hide what I got going on so much anymore. Exactly. Well, when I first started, so sorry, Courtney, um, just to be a little bit graphic, I was a B cup. When I started with Invoke, very, you know, um, what is it, 32 or 34B, I am now a triple D, hey. <laughs> and they are natural, and they keep growing. So yes. I was small back then. Whatever, Courtney. Oh, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, it's hard. No, it's not a good thing because you can't exercise. You can't dance. You can't, oh. you know, it's cumbersome, yeah. and they're heavy. So it, it, it's heavy on my neck. I mean, all of that is the problem. Um, it doesn't seem like it for a guy, so I know what you're saying, but so I was a lot smaller then, but I was never, um, I kind of just had this natural confidence about myself. Uh, I don't know where I got it from because when I look back at my videos and live performances, even on um, the MTV Awards or the VH1 Awards or videos, I mean, uh, the Soul Awards, um, Soul Training Awards, I I became a person that I didn't know that I was. In other words, I was very not, I wasn't confident in my natural self. I wasn't confident outright. But when I hit the stage, it's like lights on camera action for me. So thank you, Sherry. I'm glad that you saw something that I wasn't even aware of. I see it now as I look at myself, but um, it wasn't something I was conscious of. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, well, yeah, thank you. I'm right behind you. I got a double D now. Um, oh my I, god, I'm triple. I when I was young though, I had these things that came out of nowhere and it just it meant so much to me. I don't oh, think wow. That, yeah. Wow. Thank you. You never know. You have no idea how the world is looking at you. You may you may feel a certain thing in your body and your mind about yourself, but you don't know how people feel about you until now I'm hearing people express themselves because of social media. They're talking to me directly. Um, yeah, and I, and I, I feel that. So thank you very much, wow. Sherry. Thank you. I got a chance to almost meet you <laughs> once, but I, right? was, I was so shy. I couldn't say anything. Adele really? and Ed Hunter's wedding. I was one of the maid of honors and you walked by and I just about died. <laughs> Whose wedding is that? Whose wedding? Ed Hunter, I think he used to be one of your security guards. Oh, yes, exactly. He was a friend of my, my ex-husband, actually. Oh, that's, okay. Or, or actually, this was probably my boyfriend, Chris. I think that's how I met Ed and his wife. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yes. You were there. I was one of the maid of honors, and, and you walked by, and I just about died because I wanted to just spill oh. my guts, but I was like, I'm not going to do that to her right now. Oh, I wish you would have said hello. <laughs> I mean, because your face looks familiar anyway. Aren't you an actress? You uh, you yes. did some acting. Yes, okay. I so, yeah, I mean, thank you. So you have a successful career already. I just wish we would have said hello, because you probably could have oh. hung out, you know, and you never know. I was too giddy. I could have never really? done it. <laughs> Let's go back to when you first started. How old were you when Invo got started? I was 21 years old when Invoke got started for the audition. Um, I was 21 years old, um, young and not knowing who I am. You, you think you know everything when you're in your 20s, but I really did not. None of us did. Cindy, Maxine, Terry. Um, Cindy and Maxine were, are, are still four years older than me and Terry. Terry is two years older than me. Um, so let's see. I was 21. Terry was 22 or 23. And then Cindy and Maxine were 28 or 27, something in there. So we were all in our 20s, um, innocent, not knowing anything about the business that we were getting into, you know. And they saw us coming a mile away because we were, they knew our personalities were not going to be the ones to say very much. We were docile and quiet, very happy to just be there and excited about everything that was happening. Rightfully so. I mean, this was, you know, our dream come true. Right. And they loved that, I'm sure. Absolutely, they did. They saw us coming, like I said. And, and it's sad because, you know, you have 
a way for everybody. Well, I don't want to jump ahead, but you have a way for everyone to, on top of our success, to be uh, financially successful and make sure that everyone involved, including the artists, including us, hello, make sure that we also get paid and, and get the uh, the lion's share of the money, or at least a share of the money. And we want. Uh oh. See, I don't know yeah. this part of the story, but I have a feeling. Really going. Yeah, it was terrible. It was bad. I mean, you, you're talking about one of the most iconic groups. We were the first girl group in the 90s. And every era has their own girl group so, yeah. or girl groups. Um, the 60s, of course, we know, you know, the Shangri-Las, the Supremes, um, Martha and the Vandellas. Who else? The Ronettes. You know what I mean? Um, the, I want to say, yeah, the Shangri-Las did my boyfriend's back. Um, the Crystals, I mean, they had all these girl groups that era. And then the 70s had um, Patti LaBelle, LaBelle, they had uh, the Pointer Sisters, um, mm -hmm. Sister Sledge. Yes. Oh my gosh, all the these girl emotions. groups, exactly, the emotions. Yes. So every era has its girl groups and we were, in, uh, the 80s kind of missed R&B. There weren't too many R&B groups in the 80s, but there was still, it was the Cover Girls, with Sweet Sensation, there was mm -hmm. uh, Expose, like they had amazing songs. Um, and then um, in the 90s, it was us. We were the first ones to hit. In 1990, we came out with Hold On. Yes. And you would think because of our huge success and because we were a, a huge name that the people around us would make sure that we were taken care of. Yes. Just like we were making sure that they were financially taken care of, um, but they did not. And that is what I didn't see it at first. Um, and if I did see it, I kind of ignored it because I was the only one to kind of think, okay, they're making a lot of money because of us. And whoa, they're making money too because of us. And we're not paid yet, but okay, we're on the road and we're doing our thing and we're traveling the world and we're excited and we're on the MC Hammer tour and the world is knowing like literally who Cindy, Terry, Maxine and Dawn are. I'm not going to complain. I don't want to be the first one to complain. And then um, after a while, it was like, okay, now we're on our third album, which was Runaway Love. Yes. The money's still not there, but I know that we have, we're, we're in the millions now. We've sold on the first album, five million, five to eight million. Second album, we started with this under the same terms as the first album. Where's the money? You know, yeah, we, we were doing, we recorded Funky Divas under the same terms as Born to Sing. Wow. That's not, not cool. Not right. No. Yeah, in, not at in, all. In the acting world, every season, and I would say like an album is probably a season, there's a renegotiating period. You're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sherry. And a yeah. large. Um, well, but in our case, it started out bad because... It wasn't bad that Cindy, I'm sorry, that Terry and our producer were dating, but that was one of the biggest reasons that we didn't renegotiate because we didn't have Terry with us because she was dating our producer. She didn't agree with what we wanted to do. Otherwise, she didn't want against. She felt like she didn't agree with what we wanted to do. Um, it's always hard when you are in love with someone and you try to do business outside of that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't see straight. You can't understand that, okay, what I have to do with you outside of our relationship, I have to do business. I have to separate that. Ooh, that's a hard thing to do when you're in love. You really have to be a woman about it or a man. And you have to say, you know, because he did. As a man, he was renegotiating. He was taking care of himself and his business partner, his producer. So our two producers were Denzel Foster, Thomas McElroy. And Foster and McElroy took care of what they had to when it came to themselves. Men do. They renegotiated. I'm sorry? I, oh, I'm sorry. I just said men usually do. Yes, they can, they can put aside that, that emotional. Um, they can balance it out. This is yes. business. This is my relationship. This has nothing to do with this. And they can do that very well. And um, Terry did not. So when it came to, by the time we got to Funky Divas, I was like, you guys, there's something wrong with this picture. We have sold millions of records, millions of albums, especially after that album. That was like, oof. when I left in 97, we had sold 28 million records, but we only made two pennies per record, two cents per girl. So two cents for Terry, two cents for Maxine, two cents for Cindy, two cents for me. 
per record. That's what I'm saying. Terry didn't put her differences aside when it came to business. She was still so caught up emotionally with this man. It's like, okay, Terry, um, I know you love him. I, I get that or whatever, even if it's not love. Whatever she was feeling had nothing to do with the business side with us. So the record company knew that we were free and clear. The four of us were free and clear from our production company, our production deal with Denny and Tommy. Um, and that was so two tough, two tough enough productions was our production company. That was Denny and Tommy, Denzel Foster, Thomas McElroy. Through them, we had a deal with Atlantic Records, but they were the go-between. So if you have, you have En Vogue, you've got Denny and Tommy, uh, two tough productions in the middle, and then you got Atlantic Records. They were the middleman. So we didn't have a direct relationship to the record company. We only had these guys in the middle. Terry, because she was dating one of them, would not put her differences aside and say, you know what? I got to take care of business with my girls. So uh, let's see, how did that go? So Foster McElroy, um, Thomas McElroy had a sister. Still has, I'm sure she's still alive. I haven't seen her in years. But uh, Tony Granberry was the one who signed us to our production deal with them. She's the one who orchestrated all the pa paperwork, made sure that we were signed to them, um, and that we were beholden to them as a as a uh, production company. Right. When they fired, either they fired Tony, or she quit. But somehow we were free and clear from our production our production deal with them. When we found out our, our, our uh, we had another, um, so when we first started, we had an attorney. This was our second attorney. So we got rid of the first attorney, we had a second attorney, Stephen Barnes. And Stephen was a whip. When I tell you he was incredibly intelligent when it came to the music business and he was trying to tell us, you guys are free and clear from your production company, a production deal with Denny and Tommy. We were like, are you sure? He said, you are, Tony Granberry is no longer there. She was either fired or she quit. You guys are free and clear. This is your time to go directly to the label, to Atlantic Records, or just leave Atlantic and, and Too Tough Enough Productions altogether. And you guys are free and clear. And we were like, oh my God. When we found that out, I guess Terry <laughs> went back and told her boyfriend slash producer, Too Tough Enough Productions, that we were now free and clear. So they all of a sudden find this paperwork out of nowhere. Oh my God, we have to, um, they forged the signature of Tony Granberry saying that we were now, yes, that we were now, yes, you guys are locked into this deal with us. And we were like, wait a minute. So when we looked at the signatures, we were like, okay, our, our attorney was like, no, you guys, this looks like it's forged. It looks like it's forged. You're going to have to get a, um, what do you call it? A a handwriting analysis to come in and look at how the T's and the I's and all of that in Tony Granberry's name is, is, is signed. When she first signed us in 1989, this signature in 1997 is totally different or 96, uh, 95 is totally different than, and they were like, wow, you guys forged a signature. So we had a, a handwriting analysis come in. He said, oh yeah, this is totally different signature. This has nothing to do with the signature that you guys first had when you signed in 89. Exactly. So um, wow. he was like, you guys are free and clear. And when the record company found that out and Denny and Tommy found that out, they were like, oh my God. So instead of us saying, you guys, Cindy, Terry, Maxine and Dawn, we are free. Let's go. Let's leave. Let's find another wow. way. We can still work with Denny and Tommy. They could still produce songs on our record, but we are free and clear from them. Let's right. just go. Now Absolutely. and become its own production company and have yes. distribution through Atlantic the way we always have. That would have been so, you just said exactly. We didn't know quite how to or, or, uh, articulate it, but just what you said right now, Sherry, is very smart. We could have either, either done that or find out our options. What can we do right now in the interim? What, what is it? What's possible for us? Like you said, and I said to the girls a long time, this is probably 92. Let's start our own production company. And Cindy said, that's too much work. I'm like, okay, um, let's start our own girl group. Let's like, let's do something like that. She's like, that's too much work. Okay. Too much work. I don't understand what you mean by that, but we have to figure out how to not just be artists. It's $300 in legal fees. 
Exactly. It's coming up with some money to be able to pay your producers. And at that time, you guys were like this. <laughs> so producers exactly. probably worked with you for back end money. Exactly. For free. Just to be a part of the project. Excuse me. Oh my God. Yeah. I I I'm going to take this off. That's okay. I'd have, I'd have been like, hey, let me run in Vogue um, LLC. <laughs> This is Cherry's World. This episode of Cherry's World Podcast is presented by Away Travel. Quite simply, Away makes everything you need for a trip away. Away started with the perfect suitcase and then built from there, creating a range of traveling standards developed from travel stories of friends and seatmates. Their pieces aren't smart, they're thoughtful with features that solve travel problems. To give the world access to better traveling standards. Away took the direct-to-consumer approach by lowering prices, and the quality is guaranteed. Your Away suitcase will be with you for life. We teamed up with Away at Podgo to give you the best deals on premium luggages by going to podgo.co forward slash away. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O forward slash A-W-A-Y. Away Travel, here to make your journey seamless. Hey, if you're listening to Cherry's World Podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, please give us a five star. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review. I want to hear from you. Thank you. Welcome to Cherry's World. Hey, make sure you stick around after the show and learn more about Ray's Jukebox. Sherry, if we had you around or anybody, woman or man, that understood, we had, I shouldn't even say that, I'll take that back. We had a great attorney. Stephen Barnes was smart. I don't know. Um, it's very rare that you have a black attorney in the first place. He was not only, our first attorney, Donald Wilson, was also intelligent, but Donald Wilson was tied to, a lot of times when you sign a deal, you're, you have to be careful because your managers and your, and your uh, attorneys are sometimes bought out by the labels, the majors. Mm -hmm. So in other words, Donald Wilson didn't want to protect us as much as he could have because he knew that he had other artists coming through the doors of Atlantic Records and he, wanted to, he didn't want to cross Sylvia Rome. So it's yeah. like, uh, I got to be very careful how I protect in Vogue because I know that I'm going to have other artists come through that through the front door of Atlantic Records besides in Vogue. So he was very cautious and not, didn't want to shake, you know, uh, what they say, um, you know, rock the boat. He yeah. just didn't want to do that. Yeah. So yeah, we just didn't have the right people telling us um, to where we could understand and not be afraid that if we cross Sylvia Rome, and we walked away free and clear from the label that we were okay, that we were going to be okay and we wouldn't be sued. And as many people came in to try and tell us that, we still didn't hear it or I heard it because I brought in someone to tell the girls the same thing. Yes, we're free and clear. Not only that, the attorney that I brought in after a while, it was uh, uh, Donald Passman wrote a book that you probably have in your archives called all you need to know about the music business. Damn, right? I got that. It's a blue book. I got that. I have it. You got it? Um, yeah, exactly. So even Courtney has it. Like, So I was trying to tell, I brought Donald Passman to the table. I said to the girls, this is Donald Passman. He is, at the time, he was representing um, Jenna Jackson. And I said, Donald, can you please explain to the girls that we are free and clear? Now, I don't remember at what point I brought him in. So whether this was before or after the, the Funky Divas album or after the Runaway Love album, which was our third album. It was really an EP. It wasn't a full album. Like typically a full album would, would be about 11, 12 songs. This was only six or seven songs. It was an EP, a shorter, and it was actually remixed, called Remix to Sing. So, um, it, it, so it was a remix of Hold On, Never Gonna Get It, Free Your Mind, Never Gonna Get It, Giving Them Something to Feel. Mm, and then it <laughs> wasn't thank you so much yes. and it was, and it was, it was, it was yeah 
Oh my God, Sherry. Ooh. I'm telling you, when I, I look at that video, the same dress. Well, you know what? Today, when I look at myself in that video, I that, you start to see my confidence level. When when I did lies, if you look at lies and hold on, we were just kids. I was a total kid. I was just happy to be there. All of us were kids. Maxine was too nervous to even tell. Like, if you look at the end of Hold On, she's holding her dress up with her knees. Her knees are, like, at first her legs are apart. She's doing her dance steps. Don't waste your time. Yeah. But at the end of the video, her knees are together because she's trying to keep her dress down because it was coming up over time. And she was too nervous to tell the director, um, cut, let me pull my dress down. We just didn't know stuff like that. We didn't know, oh my God. And there was no one on set saying, hey, uh, one of the girls needs to pull her dress down. Somebody please cut. You know what I mean? We didn't have that confidence. So when I get to giving them something and feel, I can see my own confidence building. I can see a woman who's coming into her own. You know what I mean? I was like happy in my body. Um, that sex appeal was coming out like you talked about. It was coming out yeah. in that video. I saw it much more. But in Lies, I didn't feel that. Uh, I sang lead on Lies. You don't have to worry. I didn't think we were sexy at all. None of us. Um, don't go. That was my favorite I song. That. I was, was it? That's my favorite song of y'all's all time. Oh my time. gosh. Yeah, don't I, go or don't let go. No, nah, don't go. Don't go. You know what? I've, I've learned to respect or love that song now. I didn't like it at first. Really? Um, yeah. Our producer, Danny, wanted me to sing lead on it, Courtney. And I was like, no, because I was too nervous. <laughs> Lay me down upon my bed and make me feel the heat. I did not. I was coming out of the church. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was only 12 when that came out and I used to keep it on repeat. Yeah, I used to love that joint. Wow. I'm an R&B dude. I, I love R&B, so that's my favorite. Exactly. No, I, I think Terry did an amazing job on that song, but I was not going to sing those lyrics were too risque to me. Yeah. And um, then it was like, okay, you don't want to sing it next, Terry? Come on, you sing it. And she just got in there and did a great job. But in the video, I just think we look beautiful. Yeah. I think, you know, the parts on the stage when we're in the desert, mm -hmm. uh, we're in the black dresses again. You know, we just emanated sexuality. Yeah. And we were very confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you. Ooh, I was like, oh, when I grow up, that's going to be me. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> thank you so much, Sherry. Oh, my gosh. I wow. Have a question for you. I'm sorry. I know, Courtney, go ahead. That's all right. Uh, okay, I have a question for you. I know yes. dating for me has been a nightmare. You know what I'm saying? Growing up on TV, I can't exactly. imagine it's been like for you. You were on tour. You were a grown woman. Like, exactly. how hard is it to date your fans? It's very hard because, well, the trust thing. I'm sure you feel the same way, Sherry. Like, it's hard to trust that when you meet someone, first of all, they already know your history. They know who the hell yeah. you are. It's not like strangers meeting. And, oh, my God, I love your face. Cause that's what we see first of each other. Wow, he's handsome. Wow, she's beautiful or she's beautiful if you're a lesbian or if you're a gay guy, you know, guys see each other first. So you automatically have this affinity for one another not knowing who each other is. In our case, as celebrities, people know us right away. Yeah. So it's really hard to, the trust thing for me has always been a problem. Um, I've never really dated other celebrities. Um, I just never did. I never dated other celebrities. I just dated everyday guys, you know what I mean? And, and um, I never said, oh, my God, you have to have a certain status. Now I think I will do that because it probably put me in a precarious situation dating guys that were not celebrities because my ex-husband was jealous. First of all, well, he was kind of a celebrity, I guess. He was in a group um, called for example and they had a song a moderate hit in the states but it was a big no, song no, no no shade but we don't know him <laughs> oh my no gosh no, no shade. Right. i know what you're saying i know i know but um when i when he told me his song um i'd rather be alone is the song and i was like oh i remember that song but it was much bigger overseas it was much bigger in china they were huge over there uh japan i'm sorry not china so but that that um what do you call it? Issue. Exactly. It started yeah. to be competitive. He was competing with me, and I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Like, uh, it's not like I can't. I can take back all the success that I've had over the years. You knew who I was when you married me, or when you met me, and mm -hmm. we got married way too soon too. But three months in, it was like, bam, and 
stupid, just dumb. But I thought he was an incredible songwriter. He used to write for Babyface. He wrote for, you know, As Yet, All For One, all those boy bands. So mm -hmm. I just thought he understood the business that we're in. And what an incredible writer. I was like, we can be um, Ashford Simpson, you know, the young Ashford Simpson, because he was just so prolific as a writer. Um, he taught me, especially in the studio, when you don't have a budget, like, because I'm used to En Vogue budget. We, really, there was no budget for us. We're just in the studio. We're having fun. We're recording. And it's not, there's no time stamp on anything. It's like, we could take as long as we wanted. Um, and with him, he was like, we're on a budget. We got to get in here and get out. And so I had, I had to learn how to write really quickly. He was really great about that. So, but the jealousy started to come up really quickly. And um, soon after we were married, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is ugly. Um, yeah, so we, we couldn't work that out. That, that relationship ended because of the physical abuse as well as the mental abuse and the jealousy. You can't get with someone. Now I know when you get into a relationship, you have to come with what you have to the table and they have to have their own as well. I'm no longer going to date a guy who doesn't have his own. As far as, and, and I can't mm -hmm. say that they have to have the same kind of success as me. That's not going to be fair to someone. But if they, you got to at least have your own business. You have to have your own goals. You have to have, you know, what are you doing with your life? Recently, I was um, trying to talk to this guy online and of course he knew who I was. And I was like, well, you wear suits every single day. You must have your own suit company. So we started talking and wow, I, I just enjoy, he's, he said, I enjoy hearing you speak and your interviews and all that stuff. And I, I love who In Vogue is. Of course, I know who you are and I've always had a, a thing for you. And I was like, wow, and I love your suits. And do you have a suit company? He's like, no, I work for, um, what is it? a suit company? I'm not going to put him on blast, but um, he didn't have his own thing. But he said, but I do have endeavors. I was like, okay, well, what are you doing with yourself? So we got on the phone and started talking like that. And it was, it came down to it that I said, well, where's your business proposal, right? Where's your business proposal? And he said, oh, I'll send it to you. So he emailed it to me. And I was like, okay, if I was an investor, I wouldn't want to invest in you because you don't have, there's nothing on paper that looks like, wow. This guy has incredible dreams. He's got an inc incredible vision. You know, he's got like, oh my God. I said, so let me help you. And I, oh, so this is the thing. I sent him my business proposal. That's a dream. Exactly. I sent him my business proposal because I said, this is what it looks like. This is, there's color. There's photos of me within Vogue, of course. There's photos of me by myself. There's photos of me and Lucy Pearl. Um, I have the history uh, of In Vogue, I have the history of uh, Lucy Pearl, and I've got my history and what I want to do, and I have a budget in here that tells them, this is if you're investing in me, this is what you're going to get for my future endeavors. You know what I mean? And, and then you have the, a section at the end, meet the artist. And I thank them, excuse me, first of all, for taking uh, consideration, taking my proposal into consideration, uh, taking out the time in their busy day to even say that they wanted, they were interested in, in investing in me and I hope this can work out. This is not just a dream of mine. This is for everyone involved to see this thing come to fruition. I will help you put your business proposal together. I'm sorry, I, exactly. just, I just said return. Look, she is dropping some jewels. Return. So we're gonna drop her cash app down here. I need oh y'all to my girl because you're, you're giving out free game. You done taught us about the production company, distribution, and now she's teaching you about the return of investment. Okay. Keep Thank on. you so much. Return on investment. Thank you so much, Sherry. I asked you to do that. So I'm just going to let the fans know. I asked you if you could, if you could drop that for me. So I appreciate Absolutely. you doing that. Um, so yeah, I was like, okay, let me read that for you. And then I can help you. You read mine and, and see what I mean. Cause I'm not just putting you down. I'm just telling you, you need to embellish your, uh, make them excited about wanting to invest in you. And he was like, okay. And I'm still waiting. And this was like two years ago that I wanted him to read mine. When you look at mine, you can see, wow. Okay. I understand what she wants me to do. Make this exciting for people to say you are worth investing in. And I will help you do it if you don't know how. And he, I still never got a call from him. I kept asking him, so have you read mine yet? Have you looked at it? Did you look it over? Did you, you, you didn't even have to read it, but you could see my photos and how much color I have. Um, I had a, uh, the headlines for the section. So the section for En Vogue says, well, so I have an executive summary, uh, mission statement, executive summary, 
Envoke history, Lucy Pearl history, a budget, and then my own history, what I'm going to do with the, with the money once I get it. So I said to him, have you looked at it? What do you think? And he's like, oh, man, you know, I, I really, you haven't looked at it? Okay. And every day, Sherry, after work, he would call me. I'm playing this song. Who's this right now? Who's playing? And I'm listening to the music. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire, Sunshine. Um, oh man, I can't stump you. Who's this? And you play another song and we would play songs for hours. And then he would fall asleep on the phone at like two in the morning for him. And I'm like, you have to go to work tomorrow. You need to, oh no, I'm good. I'm good. And then he's snoring and I would hang up the phone every day that would happen. So you get off the phone with me. I'm sorry. You get on the phone with me after work, but you still haven't looked at my budget. You still haven't looked at my proposal. You still haven't figured out how to make your proposal better. Dawn, I did this. Why don't you check this out for me? He wasn't, he was not, he didn't have the, you gotta have your own shit. He didn't have his, he didn't, he didn't care about putting that together. No, he just was like, okay. He was trying to be Mr. Don Robinson. Exactly. I said to him, yoked. that's right, Sherry. And I sent him um, some dates that I had on the table and he's like, yeah, I need to be on the road with you. And that's when I was like, okay. No, this is over. This is done. No, you don't need to be on the road with me. You need to be doing your own thing at home. You need to have your own endeavors. You know, I saw it right then. Just like you said now, he was trying to be Miss Dawn Robinson. Yes, and that I never can, works. I can, yeah, you can. I got men tell me, I just want to be a house husband. Wow, really? Yeah, I've, I've had some weird shit. Wow, that's awful. <laughs> that's awful because... That's okay. Look, it's called Stupid Guy Diaries. So you just yes, exactly. Well, but my thing is, don't they know that you're smart enough to see through that? Like, don't. Uh, thank you for telling me first of all, because you could have put up a, a, a veneer and make me we're going to be something else when we're together, and then you turn out to be what he said, um, a house husband. So, yeah. and it's different when you guys have agreed on that. If you guys have kids together and he wants to stay home with the kids, hey, more power to him because. Children, I think, of celebrities need somebody in the house if they're going to be home. Uh, um, what's her name? I was going to say Aretha Franklin, but um, Gladys Knight told us very early on, I want to say it was our first year out, and we were at our first award show in the Bay Area, and she said, oh my gosh, I love y'all. She said, because you're classy ladies. Um, she said, but I'm going to give you my, my only advice that I always tell every artist, whether they're solo or a group. You may have to be the artist, and you're also going to have to wear the hat of mother. You might also have to wear the hat of a wife, but you also have to be the businesswoman. She said, and don't leave your kids at home. She said, I took my son, um, Craig. No, Craig was... Um, Shanga. Yes, exactly. But her niece as well. What's her niece's name? Oh. Her niece was always on the road with her. Her niece was her manager for a while. Like, yeah, she said, yeah. but I always took the kids on the road, my own kids as well, on the road, because they get to see the world in the way that Probably, um, she said, kids that are in the military get to see the world because they travel with their parents a lot. She said, so don't leave your kids at home because they get to be with you and they also get to be on the road. And you got stagehands, you got the band, you got everybody's going to help you raise those kids together. You know what I mean? So, and they get to see parts of the country, let alone the world, um, that normal, normal kids in, in a nine to five situation are staying at home going to school nine to five, sleeping in the same bed, that there's, there's positives and negatives to both. And I was like, wow, that just makes a lot of sense. She said, but don't not be the businesswoman. Don't not have kids just because you think, oh, I can't do both. I can't be a businesswoman and a mother. Yes, you can. She was telling us all that, giving us knowledge. You know what I mean? Are you a mommy? No, I'm not. No. I, I am, and my daughter's always on the road with me. So, I really good for you. You only have one child. Oh yeah, I only have yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good though, Sherry. Yeah, I always wanted kids, so it didn't happen. But I think I'm still gonna adopt. I think I'm gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, because you need money to adopt money for any child, but to adopt yeah. requires money, you know. And I hate to say that it's like you're buying a child, but yeah, you have to pay the agency. Yeah. Yes, it's insane. It's insane. Which is why I think a lot of times kids that are adopted feel like, wow, 
nobody cared about me. They gave me up for adoption and someone bought me. Like, wow, that, that has to hurt. But no, I loved you. I wanted you to have love. That's why I have you in my life. You were worth me putting whatever money that took to do that. But yeah, I want to, I want to adopt children. Can you, so uh, I'll be like Josephine, Josephine Baker. Yes. Hey, Courtney. Hey, can you talk to me about, um, making the uh, intro for Mr. Cooper and also being on A Different World. What was that experience like for y'all? Those are, both of those were a lot of fun. Um, Terry and, uh, and uh, Holly Robinson are, actually they became best friends when they met on the set of Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That's when they really started hanging out. Um, and uh, I forgot how they proposed that to us, but I guess it just said, you know, we want you guys to do, there's a new show coming out and uh, we want you to do the, the um, title song for the show. And when we heard it, it was just super cute. So we got to sing, Holly's actually singing on there and so is uh, Dawn Lewis. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then, um, what's his name? Hanging, Cooper, what's Mark his name? Curry. Mark Curry, hello, Mark Curry. Oh my God, funny you guys, just, hilarious sunset we really had a dawn is too i mean they're all funny so it was really hard for us to get through that whole scene and um we had to pick him up at a certain point and carry him off yeah. <laughs> we kept dropping him stuff like that like yeah those are good memories wow thank you for bringing that in a, up in a different thank world. you so much courtney in a different world oh my god so i am sure that sherry has met and worked with um Debbie, Debbie, uh, Ellen. Ellen. I am so flubbing it today. Uh, Debbie Allen, genius, because each of us was supposed to be blind as heck. We had yeah. these glasses on and we kept, and so she said, I said to her, I said, Debbie, I'm not sure how to play Henrietta. Henrietta, that in itself is, is a, a, a character. Just right there, you can see what Henrietta is supposed to be, just with her name. But I said, I can't get it. I really don't know like where I'm supposed to be and how I say these lines. And she said, just kind of, um, she said, don't just push your glasses up. Just keep doing that and get right in everybody's faces. When you're talking to them, you're kind of like looking at them so closely, like, okay, this is Cindy. Well, Cindy's name was different in the show. Um, this is Max. You know, you just look at them like that, like go from the chin all the way up. Just look. I was like, oh my God. And so that's what I do whenever I'm, on the set and I'm, I'm in those those scenes i'm doing that same thing so that was a blast when we were filming i was supposed to anytime the girls were at the top of the stage at the end because we were now we were sassy we had no glasses on and we were supposed to be sexy and but we were still inside we were these goofy bookworms but now we're showing our sex appeal the way that someone who really doesn't know how to show sex appeal was showing it. And so we're overdoing it and the, the movements were too big. And oh my God, it was all that. And then she said, anytime the girls are at the top of the stage doing Free Your Mind, I think, or whatever the lyrics were, we changed the lyrics. But when they're at the top of the stage, you go to the bottom of the stage. When you guys go, when, when all of you guys move to the bottom and they turn around and go back up to the top, you stay at the bottom because you don't know that they're gone. And you're like, because oh, you can't see them. Yeah, yeah. You're blind as heck. You don't have your glasses on. So, oh my God, the girls are gone. So now we got to run to the top of the stage and I'm doing the movements and all of a sudden the girls go back down and I'm like, oh, they're down there. So now I'm going, you know, so each time they move, I come back and do something opposite of them. Um, she was really key in showing us how to develop a character on the spot. You're talking about, I didn't go to school to become an actress. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a singer. That's what I do. I didn't go, you know, and even with, um, by the time we did, what is that other show with Wanda? Oh, uh, Living Color. <laughs> Living Color, exactly. Um, we still didn't know how to hold in our laughter. I don't know how you guys do it, Sherry, because <laughs> you're talking about Jeremy freaking Fox and you're talking about shoes. I have a yellow pillow here. His shoes, I have two yellow pillows, but his shoes were about as big as this freaking pillow. They were huge. I don't know how they found these women's shoes that were gonna fit this man's size 13. Um, there were boats. And so even just seeing him on set, like, oh my God. And then he had on these yellow panties that were bloomers. 
<laughs> so every time you would go through the window to leave, oh, I did. I don't want, okay. You would go, oh, oh my God, his panties. <gasps> Just looking at the pants, yeah, stuff like that. That was hard. You got to be able to contain what they call, what, what Sherry, the third wall? Yeah. You can't break the third wall? Exactly. Yeah. And we, but we're learning all that as we go. Um, you did an excellent job. Thank you so much. I have to cut it off, but we're about to, our time is almost up with you, but I can't let you go without finding out about your book. My book is, um, I was going to say, Born to Sting, Lord have mercy. Um, my book is Break of Dawn, um, and My Two Cents is the subtitle because of the two pennies per record. Um, Break of Dawn. And that, I'm working on that now. I hope to have that out by first quarter this year. So March, April something in there no well, first quarter january february march so somewhere in there yeah, i just want to pay you a wow. compliment, uh, compliment as well like i grew up and i loved y'all in that red dress and yeah you, you <laughs> did a lot for this teen when i was a teenager you did a lot for me and lucy pearl wow. too that was one of my favorite groups i yeah. think that working with uh raphael <laughs> work, working with raphael sadiq that's i used to manage artists and i used to always say like Working with R. Kelly, Babyface, and uh, Raphael Sadiq as far as like I'm making an R&B song with, is the best way to go. So you, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Raphael and I have known each other since he was 16. I was 16. He was in my band. Unfortunately, that situation with Lucy Pearl, as genius as it was, Courtney, because I love. I think I feel Lucy Pearl more. I love in Vogue. Don't get me wrong, but I really feel because we created the look, the sound, and likeness of Lucy Pearl. I feel more affinity for that group. Um, but Raphael just didn't have my back the way he should have. But that's another day, another time I can come back and talk to you guys about okay. that. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Are you kidding me? Thank you so much for just saying yes. I was, yeah. I still am so excited. I'm going to be high all night. <laughs> oh my God, me too, Sherry. And I adore you. I do know your shows. Absolutely. I know your work. Perfect. Thank you so much. Girl, I can't wait to have you back. Oh my God, I can't wait to come back. <laughs> Take care. I can't believe an hour went that fast. I was most time dealing with this freaking shirt. It's, let me show you. It was this so is my, yes, this is my, um, what's her name? Um, it is a uh, is that Frida Kahlo t shirt. And I, I cut it up this morning, but I didn't cut it right. And sorry. So you guys that watch me struggle with this shirt all day. But yeah, thank you so much, Sherry. Cherry. It's a pleasure meeting you. Pleasure I am honored. Courtney, yeah, same here, you guys. I can't wait to talk to you soon. You're incredible. Thank you. You I mean, are as well. Questions I didn't get to ask you. Like, I remember when you were in the studio with Dr. Dre. I want to know. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. Please come back. I would love to. We don't have to rush it. There's plenty of time. You guys have me back anytime. I would love to. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> You're welcome. Take care, guys. This is Cherry's World. Have you been working on the station? Not that long, actually. It started last summer around June, and the station was born. It was really born out of the pandemic, really. Uh, if it weren't for this pandemic, I, the jukebox probably wouldn't exist. Um, but I, I've always had a passion for music, but I never really seriously did any DJing. Um, but you know, everybody started doing the Zoom parties and I was like, oh, this is cool, I could do this. So, you know, I started setting up and having my own Zoom party. And I said, but you know, it got to a point where I was like, okay, everybody is doing this. I gotta, I gotta, well, I gotta find my niche. I gotta, I gotta do something different. I gotta think out the box. And I said, you know what? I don't know nobody that just up and got their own radio station. So, you know, I started, I got a cousin that's kind of doing something similar, uh, got in his ear a little bit and went online, started researching it and boom, I just started putting it together like, like, like pieces of a puzzle. It just started fitting together and here we are. And what is your business background? My business background by trade, I am an accountant. So I've spent, you know, 20 plus years in, in the corporate world. I work for a small nonprofit right now um, as a controller. But yeah, my background is in finance and accounting. That makes sense. So you looked at the numbers. He was like, I ain't going to just do no Zoom show. We're going to make this make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on the return on investment. <laughs>
For sure. Is this um so you play music uh, as well? Is it licensed music or? Uh, I'm sorry. Is, is it, it li- is it licensed music? Do the people get um streams streams for it? Yeah, so it's 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 just like listening to the radio. It's not on demand, so it's not like you can go and select what you want to hear. It's just like turning on the radio, and you know I got a, a playlist going. I listen to every song all the way through before I play it on the air um, because I want my station to be clean. Um, you know, I, I do got some songs in the rotation that if you just heard the regular version of it, it'd be like, eh. But, you know, I take the time, I clean it up. Because, I mean, if it's a hot track, I want to play it. And people want to hear it. Um, but I just choose, you know, not to hear, you know, the foul language and certain expressions that I think might offend people or at least, you know, my friends and family because that's a, a big part of my audience right now. Um, so you're not playing like Cardi B's WAP? No, no, I'm not playing that one. <laughs> That's good to know because as a mother, I don't want my kid listening to it. Right, right, exactly. Cardi don't but want I do have, to it either. Right, but I do got Megan's uh, body on there. I just got it cleaned up. <laughs> I actually like that song. <laughs> Are you a father? I am a father. I have two kids. Uh, my daughter is uh, in her early 20s. And, can't believe it. It just, they don't even feel right to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then my son, he's uh, eight years old. Oh. Yeah, elementary school. So. so daddy's girl. So yeah. is, is daddy's girl working for the radio station? No, my uh, daughter, she's a nurse. She's in nursing. So that's what she wanted to do. Yeah. Go ahead, baby girl. And how are you handling that during the pandemic? um it it can be a challenge it can be a challenge um you know i just i try to be there for her as, as much as i can and um in fact i have a song that i recorded years ago you know back in the days when i had you know dreams of being a rapper um but it was a song that i wrote for her and it's it would it kind of puts you in the same frame of mind if you remember will smith did a song for his son called just the two of us it's kind of that same vibe and i'm just talking to her like yo i've always got your back no matter what happens listen and as a father i'm gonna let you know there's this is gonna happen you're gonna go through this but i got you i'm there so um you know i just try to keep in communication with her you know she's out of the house and everything um i keep in contact with her um, and we talk about what's going on. Um, if she ever needs something, you know, I'm right there. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in loaning my daughter money. If she needed, I, I just give it to her. So, um, Daddy. yeah, but, but the main thing with her being in nursing, you know, of course I'm concerned about her safety and, right. uh, being on the front lines and all like that. So I just, you know, I just try to make sure she's taking every precaution she can, but you know, she's doing what she loves. So. You know, I have to have to support that. Getting back to jukebox. Now, you just said that when you were, and he whispered, a rapper. (laughs) You've had had a love of music for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. How how long ago were you a rapper? Man, young cat. I mean, I started rapping, you know, middle school, high school. You know, in, in the ciphers at the bus stop, all that, you know, with, with my cousin, he'd be making beats, you know, we'd perform for the, for the family reunions and the anniversary parties and all, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as I got older, it got to the point where I was like doing talent shows and stuff like that. And, you know, I made a few, a few recordings. In fact, back in the day here in Detroit, uh, there was a, a show on 96.3. It was called uh, Open Mic Night, and it was a DJ named Lisa Lisa. Not the singer Lisa Lisa, but another Lisa Lisa. And um, it's so funny because I just recently reconnected with her. Um, so I'm hoping to get do an interview with her and get her on the show. But anyway, my point in bringing that up is, you know, I was uh, on that Open Mic Night, and I would go down there um, you know, every month or so. 
and just be on the air rapping and so you know at one time it was like yeah i really thought i could do this um but obviously my path didn't go that way um but and it's been a long time now since i've written anything like that but i do a lot of poetry and i do write r&b now as well but are you giving those underground or not as well-known artists the opportunity to get some spins on raised jukebox absolutely absolutely i am this is this is a a a, a great place for emerging artists in fact um, a lot of the artists that you'll hear just listening to my station um, are artists that I came across either on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and it's, you know, artists that are not well known, um, you know, nationally or anything like that, that aren't signed to a label or anything like that. But again, hot music. And so I'm definitely putting it out there. So I'll give you an example back uh, earlier this month, I did, I aired an interview with a singer named Nessa Dove amazing artist she's got a voice that is it's, it's amazing and I, I found her on on instagram so you know i reached out to her she agreed to an interview she's got three songs in rotation on the station right now that are just amazing so yeah local artists for sure unknown artists they're trying to get out there trying to get that exposure i, I got them it, it's it's not just you know the 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 very commercially popular music, uh, but um, I've, this, this is definitely a home for those uh, about to blow artists. So, as well. Shout out your Instagram account real quick so they know how to get in touch with you. Definitely. So I can be found on Instagram at this DJ he cool. This DJ he cool. I'm on Facebook. Same thing. This DJ he cool. And of course, the website, raisedjukebox.com. Who's your favorite artist out of um, Detroit? My favorite artist out of Detroit. I'm talking about any, I'm talking about you can go way back or you can go current, anything. Wow. You, you know, M, M was pretty legendary. You know, I would say he's probably the most noteworthy, but I mean, I'm a fan of Going back in the day, Adina Howard, uh, Boss back in the day. Rapper Boss? Yeah. yeah. I, didn't know she was from I didn't know she was from Detroit. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, you know, if memory serves me correctly, um, I'm a fan of Kid Rock. So, you know, those, those are, of course, Big Sean. In fact, I got Wolves uh, in rotation right now, cleaned up. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, definitely. All right. So. I love it. Okay, so tell us about this first Sunday of every month. Yeah, so my live show is the first Sunday of every month. I call it New Month, New Music Sunday. And that's where I showcase anywhere from 20 to about 30 new songs. And when I say new, they were just released within the last month or two. So I'm always constantly out there looking, okay, what just dropped? What's just dropped? And I see stuff on my phone. I take a screenshot of it. And then later I go, you know, pull it up, listen to it. Um, and if it's hot, I put it in the, I put it on the list and, and feature it on the next, on the next show. So now of course the first Sunday in February is the Super Bowl. So I ain't trying to compete with the Super Bowl. So I'm gonna push it back a week for February. <laughs> But any other time, it'll be the first Sunday every month. New month, new music Sunday. Hey, you know, uh, radio is so legendary. You know, it's, uh, I mean, just growing up, that was, that was just everything, radio. And uh, then it kind of like took a hiatus. You know, um, I think it got kind of corrupt and crooked. And then so it kind of like people didn't actually go to radio to actually get the music and everything, because everything's like kind of on demand. Mm -hmm. But it's something to being able just to turn on the radio and let the radio just do all the work. What made you actually decide just like, hey, I'm gonna get back, I'm gonna bring radio back? Because it's kind of like, you know, with podcasts and mm -hmm. just people has their own way of being able to get their music now. So like, what made you decide that this is gonna be the route for you? Well, a couple things, number one, I love the way 
I feel when I see somebody reacting to a song that they love. You know what I mean? Um, especially like in the DJ arena, even though I haven't done a lot of gigs, but you know, that feeling when I do a transition just right and everybody get live or I throw a song on that people forgot about was the jam. Mm -hmm. And you know, they get up out, they see like, oh, I gotta dance to this. So with, with taking it to radio, and that's where actually where the name jukebox comes from. Mm -hmm. Because what is a jukebox is where you go and you make your selection of what you want to hear. Right. Yeah. So in addition to featuring uh, artists that may not be well known, I also am open to accepting requests. Now, you know, on a regular radio, it can be hard to get through and get a request played. But if somebody dropped me a, a message on Facebook or Instagram or tap the email link and say, hey, could you, you know, play this artist or could you play this? I immediately look it up. And if it's, you know, if it's clean enough for me to, to spin it, I play it. Even if I don't personally like it, I still spin it because just because I don't like it, that don't mean that there's not 100 people who don't, who do like it. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's that's where the name Jukebox, Jukebox come from. It, it gives them a measure of control over, over what they hear. Okay. Uh, what you mean? Being an accountant, you ain't gonna get caught up in this uh, in the payola. No, 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 man. I, I, I'm legit, hundred, hundred percent legit, <laughs> for sure. Now, raise jukebox. Is it something that we can go on there and find twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, or does it have hours? Well, the station has grown. Um, there was uh, dead air in between. Uh, my live shows were weekly. Uh, when I first started, mm -hmm. um, and it was dead air in between. So since December 1st is when I went 24 seven. So now if you are up at two o'clock in the morning and you like, Hey, Oh, I want to get a workout in boom, you click on the jukebox. You got some music to work out to you up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work to, uh, go in the radio station, uh, or something like that. Tap on the jukebox. If you driving home, you your, your phone synced up to your system. You can listen to the jukebox driving home 24/7. And that's raisejukebox.com. Raisejukebox.com. That's right. That's right. I like that. Yeah. I have to admit last night I'm one of those people who don't sleep as much as we should. And um, I have a little jam session myself at RaiseJukebox.com. Okay, uh, <laughs> all right. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you. And that's why I, I asked you, like, you don't play Cardi B's Whopper. I was like, well, maybe it's just in the middle of the night. That's why he did <laughs> Yeah, no, there, there is a selection process. Some things I won't play. Um, you know, if I think it's sending a message that's too far to the left or to the right, I won't play it, you know, so, you know, I have, I do have that, that control in place. And, and the thing is managing expectations. So that's one of my, my catchphrase is we play everything, but not anything. So everything meaning, you know, any genre, there's country on there, there's jazz on there, there's R&B, there's hip hop, there's um, pop, Afro beats, I mean, all, uh, across many genres, uh, but I ain't gonna just throw anything on there. Yeah, you definitely have a radio voice too. Oh wow, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you do this. You know. Oh wow, oh, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, yeah man. So, what's next for Raised Jukebox? What's next is uh, as I grow the station. Um, well, one thing that I'm doing is I'm getting into uh, doing some interviews and I'm really starting to develop more segments now where it's not just the music itself. So uh, I mentioned the interview I did with singer Nessa Dove. Uh, my February live show is going to feature an interview I recently did with Father MC. Um, got another interview that's going to air after that with uh, Mr. Teron Brooks who many are familiar with by play, as playing 
uh, Eddie Kendricks in the Temptations movie. He's a, also a phenomenal singer. Got a really nice song out right now um, that's in rotation. Um, so that's one thing that I'm getting into is, is uh, the, the interviews. And another thing is, is I've partnered up with uh, a couple who is doing a really nice um, video podcast on YouTube that's kind of analyzing music. And they're kind of like going back and forth and comparing. And it's, it's a really interesting how they put their perspective on it. And so I'm kind of partnering with them to uh, become like they're the movie, I'm the soundtrack. So that's that's going to be a segment. And um, uh, eventually from there, I hope to just bring on more DJs and have different personalities involved besides just myself. That is dope. That is definitely awesome. And I'm excited and I'm looking forward to seeing it grow. Courtney, do you have anything else for Mr. Ray? Can you hear us, Court? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Do you that. have anything else for Mr. Ray? Oh uh, no, well, you know what? I do want to ask, uh, how, how was Father how's Father MC, man? I used to be a big fan of Father MC. How's he doing? Oh man, he's doing good. You know, I asked him. You know, was everybody good, you know, with the COVID and everything? He said his, his family, everybody's good. So I was glad to hear that. Um, super excited, man. He's got a new album about to drop like any minute now. And, you know, he sent me a couple of tracks. This this kid, man, this is one talented cat. Cool, laid, laid back, coolest cat you ever want to meet, man. Um, but we had, we had a real interesting conversation. We had an interesting conversation. Is that, can we listen to that or find it anywhere? Well, there's one song in rotation right now. In fact, I'm not, I'm not I'm talking I, about the interview. Oh, the interview, the interview is going to air on my February 14th show. Um, so that's going to be at Valentine's day. Um, yeah, that it, it absolutely is. Uh, so the show starts at 5 PM Eastern. And uh, so that's when that interview will be aired. Beautiful. Is there anything else you want your audience to know, Frank? Um, just want my audience to know that, hey, this is a great radio station. You can listen anytime, anytime you listen to music. Jump on the Race Jukebox right now. You got great songs, new, new music, great throwbacks, all clean. It's, it's a great time. The party is where you are when you listen to Ray's Jukebox. Shop all things Cherry Johnson at therealcherry.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.